Hey, beautiful people, this is Nika and Cliff. You know what time it is. Get ready as we dive into some inspiring and powerful stories here on Judea's Journey. again episode four get ready for it yeah yay man i'm super excited can't wait for you guys to hear this episode man you talk about inspirational yes definitely a deep conversation we got the honor to interview a family unit instead of just one individual person so it makes it even more powerful in my opinion so get your notebooks out get your tissues out you're not going to want to miss this. Yeah, but before we get into that, let's get an update on Miss J. Let's, let's get, get an update. Yes. Miss J is doing really good right now. She's had a really good couple of weeks. She's been having regular bowel movements, so Dad and I are very, very grateful for that. Thank <laughs> the Lord. Weird to say when you're talking about poop, but it is what it is. So she's been real happy. She's been content. She actually likes her alone time, which we love that because she's been super clingy lately. So you can just tell that she's feeling better. She's acting better. And I just love it because I know that's truly who she is. Yeah. So let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Here it is. Episode four. Okay. All right. All right. So excited. Uh, to get started on this interview. Uh, we're going to kind of just jump right into everything and get started. I'm excited for everyone to meet our guest of the hour. So um, if you would, Miss Natasha, introduce yourself. Tell us a little about you, bit about yourself and your family as well, if you don't mind. Okay, so um, hi, everyone. My name is Natasha. Um, I am a homeschooling mom of a teenager and a preteen. Um, I did about 10 years in the military um, and I had an unfortunate accident in the military um, with a IED and they offered me retirement. So I decided to go ahead and take retirement. Um, so now I stay home and I homeschool my children. Um, I'm a um, youth leader, youth minister at um, my local church, and I love, I love life. I love introducing people to new ideas. I'm so sorry, and new philosophies and new ways of thinking. And um, I don't know what else you want me to introduce, but there's that. Well, before we even move on, because I hope I don't want to uh, skip over this, but you you mentioned. Um, you had a situation with an IED. Yes. What does that mean? Okay, so um, I was, I am a I'm retired army. Um, I was officer in the army and uh, my job was to help um, bring home Afghanistan uh, women who had applied for asylum in America. And so I um, went to do a, went, went to do my normal job while I was stationed overseas. And while I was overseas, um, I 
we were going to go to a protective house. While we were going to this protective house, I, there was a bomb that had been planted by some of the men who did not want us in their country. And so when they planted the bomb, um, my Humvee rolled over the bomb. And as I was uh, trying to help establish and set a perimeter, um, I was grabbing one of my soldiers and he lost his life and I am one-handed. So I am okay. an mm. amputee. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. That's, wow. My man. goodness. That's just well, the beginning. Thank <laughs> you for your service. Number one. My, yes, my pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, how old are your kids? You said you have two kids. How old are they? I have a 13 year old and an 11 year old. Wow. Homeschool. Yes. I, yeah, yes, yes. Brave, 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 brave I need, woman. <laughs> I need all the prayers. Yes, ma'am. I need all the prayers. They are, they, they seem to think that as uh, they get older, I get dumber. And I would like to remind them this is not the case whatsoever. And so, yes, I need all the prayers. Yes, have your hands full. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, let's, let's jump into... Um, some of our questions we have for yes. you. Absolutely. So let's kind of go over, we know your name, um, okay. but kind of tell us about um, your, uh, any of your diagnoses that you have. You kind of mentioned you're an amputee, but yes, we kind of want to dive in, dive into it a little more. Um, okay. If you, I know you mentioned your kids as well. If you want to dive into any of that at this time, you could do that too. Definitely will. Um, so I am an amputee. I've lost, um, three fourths of my hand all the way down to my wrist and, or three fourths of my hand. No, I lied. I lost all of my hand and up to three fourths of my arm. So, um, I've lost that much. I've lost that on me, but my, um, medical conditions consist of fibromyalgia. I'm, um, a type one diabetic. Um, I also have multiple sclerosis and I have a brain condition called Chiari malformation in which part of my brain has not stopped growing and it compresses on my spinal cord. Oh, mm. wow. Yes. How long so, has, is that something that you developed over as you've gotten older or were you born with that or? I was not born with any of it because you can't okay. be in the military with it. Okay. Um, we think I, I dealt I developed type one as an adult. So right. I was not, you know, I, I wasn't expecting to be a type one diabetic. So I developed that as an adult, the fibromyalgia, the key artery malformation and the multiple sclerosis, we think had a lot to do with my job in the military. Um, and then dealing with, um, some of the things that I dealt with in the military, I think, you know, the nerves, the ner nerve gas and nerves in general um, were damaged. And I think it just kind of misfired on my body. And I kind of developed all these other uh, medical conditions that I was mm -hmm. not expecting or had asked to have. But wow. Oh, my God. oh sorry. Um, okay. And then as far as I, so that's me. My oldest, who is 13, um, she deals with severe anxiety, um, and she also has autism and um, uh, uh, da, da, da. 
sensory processing disorder. I'm sorry. I okay. have to keep a book on all of my children because we all have multiple diagnoses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she so she has so she has autism and sensory processing disorder. And um she has so she has crippling anxiety. She's working through learning how to deal with them. And mm-hmm. she actually does a lot better than what I would give her credit for. Um just because she has learned to manage her illnesses and her 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 conditions and she's learned to be the speaker of the house so a lot of times she'll speak up for everybody so she and as well as advocating for herself and then um my son who was 11 he was the one who actually kind of started all of this um he is he has autism Mm -hmm. he has shank to gene mutation he has adhd he has a feeding tube, a cinephilic esophagitis, and sensory processing disorder. Yeah, those are wow. all his. Yes. Oh, so wow. our family, our, our family deals with quite a bit, but you know, it, it is because of it is because of all of our illnesses that we chose to homeschool because we wouldn't have been right. able to homeschool. I, I wouldn't have been able to send them to school with all the appointments and all the therapies and all the things that they needed. They would have missed more days out of school than in school. Um, wow. And then they have learned to advocate for themselves, to advocate for me, to advocate for each other. And they've learned how to love each other in the middle of being a perfect soul in an imperfect body right right so oh, they've, that's been, they've been pretty amazing um with my son I didn't realize that he had actually had anything he 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 had actually started at birth so when he was born mm-hmm. um the doctors told me when he was two days old that I should go home and prepare for his death because he wasn't eating oh, he was wow. only sleeping He would sleep all day long. The doctors, the nurses try to wake him up. I would try to wake him up. The doctors would try to wake him up. And he just wanted to sleep. Um, And the nurses kept saying, he'll eat, or I kept saying, I'm sorry, I kept saying, he'll eat when he's hungry. Just leave him alone. He'll eat when he's hungry. And Mm -hmm. the doctors were like, this is not normal. You might want to go home and prepare for the death of your son. And Mm -hmm. I said, no, we're not going to do that. So the doctors um, diagnosed him with failure to thrive. And at that time, we didn't know that he had any medical conditions other than failure to thrive. And Mm -hmm. he he went home with a nasal feeding tube so that I could just feed him and get him taken care of and get food in him. Um, When he was about two, that's when we learned that he was, he would not talk. He talked to his sister, but they've always been close. So I think they had their own made up language where she was speaking for him. Um, I still haven't figured that part out, (laughs) but um, he wouldn't, he would not speak. So we went to the pediatrician and I asked her, I said, can you tell me what's going on? Um, Mm -hmm. Something's wrong with him. He's not acting like a normal three-year-old, although normal's relative, um, a normal three-year-old or a normal two to three-year-old. So, you know, what do we do? And she said, well, let's get him tested. So we went to, um, we went um, to get him, we went to get his genes tested to see what was going on. And that's when Mm -hmm. we learned that he has a mutation on one of his genes that presents itself with autism and a couple of other um, muscular weakness and things of that nature. So that started us down the path. And then Time went by for maybe four or five years. No, wait, that's wrong. He's 11, so 10. So seven years went by, seven years Mm -hmm. went by. 
and he got extremely sick from eating sugar cookies we didn't know why we couldn't figure it out it was a it was an allergic reaction and when we when we found out about the allergic reaction we took him to the hospital the doctor said um we need to get him tested because i think he's got a couple of issues and that's how the eosinophilic esophagitis and the feeding tube came about because he was 10 but weighing only about 50 pounds and oh, so and we, wow. didn't, we didn't know why we couldn't figure it out why and then it later came out that his throat um he has he's alert he's basically allergic to the world um he <sighs> his allergies are making him unable to eat because his esophagus was essentially closing up and so for him that's what started all the other diagnoses for him and because i got him tested my daughter i needed to get my daughter tested right so my daughter got tested as well Wow. So yeah, so that's how we found out. Man, that's... oh my goodness. Yeah. So, so wow. We he's been on his feeding tube for about a year. So this has only been within the last year that all of the real diagnoses and everything major has started to come out. So I want to go back for a second for yes. our listeners, and and you mentioned that you know the doctors had told you go home and pretty much prepare for your son to die. Right. Yes. And you said no. Um, yes. How were you able to in that moment, in that moment, say no and go against what these professionals were telling you? Because, you know, a lot of our listeners, you know, they may be dealing with some type of challenge and right. they might just get into the habit of let me just accept it right. for what it is. But you know, in your moment when you're getting told by professionals that, you know, these are people that are supposed to be, you know, skilled, um, well-educated in this area, right. and they're telling you prepare for his death. Right. But yet you decided, no, I'm not going to. In that moment, how were you able to say that? Right. Okay. So um, when I was, when I was pregnant with my son and um, when I was pregnant with my son, I When I was pregnant with my son, I dealt with great depression. Um, it was at the point where it was a week or two before he was born. No, yes, it was a week before a week or two before he was born. Um, my ex-husband left the home, and it was just me and my daughter, and we were, we we were we were fending. So I was dealing with great I was dealing with great depression at that point. Um, I say that to say this. Right. So when I so when I went to the doctor and I told him I said, look, he one of two things are going to happen. You're either going to give, I'm either going to have to give birth to this child or when you see me next, I'm not going to be pregnant. That mm. it, it was just one uh, of two oh, options. Wow. Um, because I was on heavy antidepressants and when you're pregnant, you can't take heavy antidepressants. And the reason why I was on antidepressants was because I had just gotten out of the military. So right. I was dealing with all of the tragedy of getting out of the military, my ex-husband being gone, and then embracing a two-year-old and myself. So mm-hmm. I was on, so I was on severe antidepressants. So at one point during the pregnancy, um, I asked God, I said, what, what do you have planned for me? You know, I, you really, you literally just took my career away from me. I, my marriage is falling apart. My two-year-old daughter, it's just me and my two-year-old daughter, what do you have planned? And God looked and God said to me in that moment, um, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for a hope and an expected future to give you an expected end. 
And I was like, oh, okay, but what does that mean practically? You know, great, that's a wonderful Bible (laughs) verse. I'm so glad you told that to the Israelites. What does that guy do when they taught you? You know, uh, talk talk to me in real terms. And so the night that I laid in the hospital bed, it was the night before um, they they put me in the hospital overnight because they were going to do a C-section that morning just to make sure that I was safe and to make sure that my son was safe. They were going to put me in the, they they put me in the hospital to do a C-section. And as I was sitting there, I was like, God, I, I don't understand. You know, I'm hurting. I'm upset. What are you going to do? And the words that he spoke to me were, he shall live and not die. Mm-hmm. And that has been my mantra for the last 11 years. Wow. He shall live and not die. And it took, it took a lot because when I talked to the doctors, doctors were like, we don't, you know, he's not eating. This mm-hmm. is not normal. Normally a child should eat. He was also severely jaundiced. So they were like, we don't expect much to happen in the next, you know, next coming days. And Mm -hmm. one of the nurses, one of the NICU nurses said, this boy is a special boy. Do whatever you can to take care of him. Mm -hmm. And if it weren't for the NICU nurses and if it weren't for the promise from God, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't have been able to say, I would not have been able to say no. Now, was I scared to death when I said no? Absolutely. I was like, I'm going against medical advice. I'm going (laughs) against the people who, you know, went to school for 10, 11, 12 years to do this. What, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. But I said, teach me what I need to know in order to care for him. Because if he does die, then I don't want it to be in a hospital. I want it to be in my home, in my arms. Let me care for my son. And the doctor was like, again, I'm going to have to say, no, you can't, you don't have the training that we have or that our nurses have to care for him. And I said, but you don't have the love that I have. Right. And that was, and that was it. It was through a lot of prayer, a lot of God, you got to guide me on this. And every step of the way, when he had, um, this is his second feeding tube that's had to be placed, technically his third, because he had one as a baby, but it was the second one that required, um, that required a lot of surgery Mm. to do. And every time God has just gently reminded me, he shall live and not die. And and it's that, that is what I hold on to. That is, that is one thing when days get crazy, when autism is at its highest, when Mm. mom is just like, I cannot handle one more, I can't handle one more step. It's just been, he shall live and not die. And that's what I've been holding on to. That's yeah. beautiful. That's that's faith over yes. fact. That's Absolutely. The, that's that faith over fact because the fact of the matter is, um, based off the information, he shouldn't have lived. Exactly. But based off of your faith, off of the word that you received, it was totally yeah. different. And so exactly. that's you know those that are listening, you know, you got to have your faith in something. You got to have your faith and hold on to that faith, despite of the facts, right. you know, cause the facts can be very misleading and the facts can be scary. Like you said, you were, it was still a scary thing, but because you had that faith. Yeah. So, you know, Absolutely. question for the listeners, what, what do you have faith in? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I will say, and even though I am a youth minister, I will say, I will say 
that it doesn't even have to be in God, but right. it's got to be in something bigger something. than yourself. Yes. yes. It's yes. got to be in something bigger than yourself. Yes. Even, yes. If it's just, even if it's just loving your child, because yes. there have been days where I've been like, I'm going to love him through the meltdown that he's had for the 32nd day in a row, yep. or if for the scared feeling that he has of being attacked by bees, because that's been a big one we've had to face this summer, are bees. I'm just going to love you through it. If, right. if that if that's your faith, start start right there. Right. Because that that will that will change a lot. That's and so that changed a lot in my mind. So and that helped me see him not as who I desired because I grieved. I grieved when I found out, you know, and, and even when we went back to the doctor a year ago when the doctors were like, we have to put him back on a feeding tube. I grieved that. I grieved it so bad because I was like, no, we were doing so well. What, you know, what is going on? And the doctors were like, we have to do it. And I just said, you know, it was the faith of, I'm gonna love you through this. Right. So, yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that. So kind of going, um, you've kind of described a lot as far as some of the things that you have struggled with, with your son, as far yeah. as mentally, emotionally, I kind of do want to touch on you, um, as an amputee losing yes. a major part of your limb extremity. Yes. That's a big life change. That is a it huge is. life change along with being in the military at the same time. Yes. So kind of walk us through what was that experience, you know, kids aside, um, that experience like for you and changing your adapting to that new lifestyle of being an amputee what was that like how how has that been or affected you emotionally mentally Those so kind of I will say so I will say it sucks I'm not yeah. gonna lie it sucks I um I think the biggest issue for me was people seeing me different mm -hmm. um because kids have no coos about them they're gonna straight right. up ask you what happened and I had to learn to get real comfortable with saying I was a soldier I lost you know I lost my arm I had to get real comfortable with saying I might look different but I still love the same right. um a lot of times I don't think about it my kids will tell you my kids were here they will tell you um we they like to toss the ball all the time they like to uh -huh. they, they like to talk, toss the ball and I will think that I have two hands yeah. and I will try to catch it and I'm like oh whoops and then the other thing <laughs> is I was left-handed I was left-handed oh, before wow. and I had to completely learn to become right-handed wow wow sucked completely yes so I had to I had to learn how to redo all of life um and that and I was I was grown I was in my I was in my late 20s mm. when this happened so I was grown and then now I you know now I'm relearning how to write my name right. I'm relearning how to cook I'm relearning how to do my daughter's hair so for the longest time that was that was difficult um yeah. But then, you know, I, I've always dealt with confidence issues. I've always had a, a perceived image of what I look like. Mm -hmm. And then when you factor in, oh yeah, I don't, and I don't have a hand. Um, a lot of people were, a lot of people say, you know, how do you do so much? And I'm like, y'all, do y'all really realize that I don't do as much as y'all think I do? I just put on a good game. 
I yeah. learned that I learned real quick that I had to learn I had to take care of what I had to take care of because yeah. these two little people depended on me for everything right and as long as they depended on me for everything I had to be the one to provide it so right. Um, it's been, it's been a confidence booster to have my babies because mm -hmm. they've never seen me any different. They're mm -hmm. just like, yeah, that's my mom. She does stuff. Right. And when people are like, yeah, but do you realize what a hero your mom is? They're like, no, she's just mom. And I'm like, thank <laughs> you. Because I'm not any different. I'm just, I just happen to be a mom. So right. yeah. Right. So it's been, it's been, it's been pretty fantastic to allow my kids to bring my ego back in check <laughs> when I want to say, look at what I did one handed. Um, the, the joke around my house is you're a show off. Like when my kids can open the jars and I can't, oh. I look at them and I say, show off. And then, they <laughs> back when I, and then they'll turn it back on me when I can do something that they can't. They're like, so you're a show off. And I'm like, see, <laughs> yes. And so that's been it. Laughter has been the key that's gotten me through a lot I've been able to laugh with my kids my kids have been able to laugh with me and laugh at me and it's it's brought me back down but the first I swear the first month to two months I went through serious oppression because I was dealing with the kid I was dealing with mm -hmm. the baby mm -hmm. I was dealing with the toddler I was dealing with myself and then I was dealing with having to deal with all of that and then deal with my issues. So yeah, right. it, the first month or two was, I, I lay, I, I think I spent so many days just laying in my daughter's bed, grieving and crying. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, God was like, I, I got work for you to do. Let's go. We right. got work to do. Let's, you know, let's pick it up. You know, there's nothing like a baby crying or a toddler coming to, telling you that they're hungry and they expect you to feed them to mm -hmm. fix your face real oh, quick. Wow. And so that that's so been the true. thing that's kept me going. And then even now, you know, as they are older and they realize, you know, the, the um, now that they're older, they realize the amount of things that I can't do. They mm -hmm. still, they're like, but we still need you for this. You still got to drive us. So let's go. Cause we still need to go with the car. <laughs> so they've kept me, they've kept me going. They, they have been the things that have kept me going. That's great. I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's hop into a couple other just areas of life is what it is, yes. is what we kind of talk about. Okay. Um, you've kind of got, gone over a little bit about just family dynamic. Um, yes. And you did mention that you were married, yes. right? Okay. Yes. And got divorced. Yes. Okay. So you're a single mom. I am a single mom. Yes. Okay. Okay. How long have you been a single mom? 11 years and counting. Years. Okay. Okay. And, wow. and counting. And that's not good counting. That's, um, is he coming anytime soon? I think, think my, I think my Prince Charmy is, is, um, riding on a turtle who stuck through, um, <laughs> and peanut butter because he ain't come anytime soon. Oh, or if, but good. if you ask my kids, but if you ask my kids, they'll tell you that I wasn't supposed to have nobody because I had them. And I'm like, no, no. Oh, gosh. No, they don't work. No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Oh, do you feel like um, just kind of getting it into the romantic re relationship category? Do you feel like this, uh, as far as your struggles that you have physically? And obviously that your kids go through, do you think that has affected your romantic life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Because, you know, other people can date, you know, other people who have the normal 
normal, mm-hmm. typical, and I use that in air quotes, kids, right. yeah. they can date, you know, they can go out and they can go, they can date. I have my oldest, my daughter, who is, she deals with severe anxiety. So she is constantly worried, mom, where are you going? What time are you going to be there? How long are you going to be gone? So mm-hmm. I have that. And then I have my son, who he will tell you he is man enough for every female in this house. And I'm like, no, babe, no, no. But he, so there's that. And then I wonder, like, can you deal? First of all, I'm opinionated. So there's that issue. I'm extremely opinionated. And I'm too cocky. So I'm like, I need you to deal with that first. But then... You know, my daughter is my mini-me. Everybody at my church calls my daughter my mini-me. She is mini-Natasha, so. Um, <laughs> no, just, it, no, ignore. Okay, so she is my mini-me. So she, um, so everybody in my church will tell her that she's my mini-me. So she is just as extremely cocky. So she's already telling me any man that you marry, he already, I'm only using him for his money. So there's that. No. <laughs> Stepdaddy money, as she likes to call it. It's going to be stepdaddy money. And then my son is like, there's not going to be another man trying to tell me what to do. And I'm oh, like, my goodness. y'all stop it. So, yeah. <laughs> so there is, so uh, maybe one day when they're officially out of the house, if that day ever comes, yeah, I will look yeah. at it. But like right now with them I just yeah it's not stepdaddy money <laughs> so as you can hear she is letting everybody know it's stepdaddy money so hey. you know <laughs> at least she's so. honest <laughs> she is she's been she is she's already told me she said you could get married but he's got to be rich and he got to be able to provide for every one of my desires not even needs not even wants her desires I'm like, desires <laughs> so, yeah. oh, that's too funny. so the things so that teenagers that. know yeah right right <laughs> yes and then there are teenagers on top of that so then he's got to be able to deal with teenagers and i just i, I feel sorry for the man like he doesn't he stand is. a chance he, he does not he does not he does not and i'm okay with that right now right right that's okay hey as long as you are happy your kids are happy you're exactly. well and taken care of that doesn't have to be priority exactly know? exactly like when they're when they're gone it'll definitely be priority because they won't be in the house no more and i do what i want because i'm grown but um right now they just like to remind me i'm not as grown as i think i am so you know there's that <laughs> What yeah. do you want to jump into next? So let's talk a bit, a little bit about uh, social life. So, you know, yes. I know you said you, you homeschool them, but yes. outside of school um, and what's, church, yeah, church, what's life like outside the home? Do you guys, um, what's your social life like? So my kids have an active social life. I do not. I am their chauffeur. Um, they have have friends they do they both of my kids are involved in scouting Uh, my daughter is a girl scout she's won her bronze and silver and going for her gold girl scout award oh wow um my son just uh just became this adventure navigator one of the navigator adventurer navigator navigator sorry (laughs) okay so he's an adventurer I apologize so he is um so he just became an adventurer in uh trail life so they have an active full social life that they're always involved in things I am um like I have my close I have my close group friends you know girls that uh, women that I can just call and love on them and they love on me um 
I do try to go out, you know, at least once a month without children. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen as often as I like, but I do try to go out at least once, you know, whether it's just hanging out with my girls or, you know, having some solo time by myself. Right. But um, I, I'm just the social director for the two stars of my okay. life. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's a good way to put it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about, um, let's jump into like your, uh, working a job. Do you, um, I know you said you were youth, youth minister, youth pastor. Okay. Let's kind of talk about that. Is that your primary job or it is not. Okay. So I am, so I'm officially retired. Um, and so I received my full, as if I had done a full 20 years, I received my full beneficial pay. It's like one of the few things I love about being nearly 40 and not having to go to work every day. That's great. Like I love it. (laughs) So I, so I, so I did that, but before, before I was in the military, I was a social worker by trade. Um, I went to school and got my master's at university of Louisville in social work. So I am, I, I have my LCSWs. I was a social worker by trade and then went into the military and did that. And then after, um, I thought I was going to work, but, um, raising kids became my priority. So right now I, I just enjoy being retired. And I like, I like to, I like to tell my girlfriends when they go to work, I'm like, yeah, you know, cause they'll get up at seven or eight, (laughs) get up to go to work. I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm doing at seven or eight. Yeah. I'm turning over on the other side and imagining the back (laughs) of my eyelids. So yeah, so they, so they, they hate that part. Cause they're like, you know what? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me hold up my left hand and remind you why I'm retired. (laughs) So yeah, so they, you don't want this right exactly (laughs) so i i i am officially retired but i still dabble like i still do volunteer work and i still dabble a little bit in the social work area because i do volunteer in the community um and then like i said i do serve at my church so those are are the things that keep me active and right yeah it sounds like you're very active just in your community and that's great that is yes, great. I love that. I love it. What else we got to hear? Kind of talked about your friendships already. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So out of everything that we've talked about and all the different things that, you know, you've had to endure uh, as an individual and, you know, with yes. your kids through all of that, you know, on what positive ways has, this experience and this journey helped you grow as a person? So I will say um, the most positive thing that has come out of all of this is I have learned to fully trust the process. And I know that sounds so cliche, Mm -hmm. but I've learned to trust the process. it is not not there in the world of autism. There are no two days that are exact same. Oh, even girl, if they, even if your kid, even if your kid <laughs> loves routine, there are no two days that are the oh. exact same. So I've learned to love the process. I've learned to trust that I am making a difference, and even if it's in just my children's worlds, I am making a difference because my whole point in life was to be the adult that I never got growing up. And since I never got that safe adult growing up to become that safe adult so that my kids can go out and change the world. 
Um, yeah. That's always been my belief is that I wanted to be the adult that my children or whoever, whosever sphere of influence I was in could go out and change the world and be different and know that they had a safe place to land here. Um, but I guess in, in the diagnoses world, the mm -hmm. po most positive thing has been watching my children learn to advocate for themselves. Yeah. Um, my son, the other day, he had to go in for surgery and the, the doctors were going to give him what they consider, what they call happy juice. It's just uh -huh. a sedative to help them calm down. And my son, um, they had asked, they were like, well, we can put it in his feeding tube. You know, they were talking to me. We'll put it in his feeding tube. He doesn't have to have it through mouth and everything. And my son was like, um, actually I'd like it in. I'd like to take it or orally. And the doctor looked at me or the nurse looked at me and I looked at my son and he said, I don't want it going in my feeding tube. I'd rather just take it by mouth. And the nurse looked at me and she's like, are you sure? I said, he's the patient. Right. If yeah. he's yeah. advocating right. for himself, I want you to follow exactly what he is saying because it's his body. Right. And I want him to know that he has autonomy over his body. So, right. you know, I, and, and I've watched my daughter, you know, when she has said, I don't like it when we talk about these things to doctors or nurses, then I'm mm -hmm. like, then we're not talking about those things anymore. You know, um, I want them to understand that they have a voice and that they can use it. And that even in the disabled world, you mm -hmm. still have a voice, you yeah. still count, yeah. you're yeah. still whole. And then the other thing that these diagnoses have taught all three of us is that you were not your diagnoses. It just yeah. happens to be yeah. what you Say have. That. Yeah. Um, that's been that's been big because my daughter, you know, when, when she was first diagnosed with anxiety, she was like, Well, am I always gonna be anxious? Am I always gonna be afraid? Am I always and I said, No. I said it's I said this is not this isn't something that you've chosen and it's not something that you asked for, but now that it's been given to you, how do you deal? Right. And she was like, well, I want to be strong like you. And I'm like, first of all, I want to be strong like you. I want to be brave mm -hmm. like you. And she's mm -hmm. like, and, you know, and I have watched her overcome so much in life. I've watched her become, go from a scared, timid little girl. to she is out and about, you know, talking about that's my stepdaddy's money. So, you know, she, <laughs> she wouldn't have had that. A couple of years ago, she wouldn't have had that. When we were going through all the diagnoses and all the labeling, she mm -hmm. wouldn't have had that. And, you know, she's learned that you were not your label. And the only label that matters is the one you answer to. Mm. So that has been the most, that's been the two things for them. And then as far as me, the, mm -hmm. I guess the most positive thing that I've gotten to take away of having medical conditions or being, I guess, labeled disabled mm -hmm. is that words don't have to define you just because I have one hand doesn't mean that I can't still climb mountains or rock right. climb or you know swim or run or do all the things that I do I mean the greatest thing is no one ever thought I was gonna be able to drive no one mm. ever thought I was gonna be able to and now I'm driving all over you know I drive <laughs> yeah. here and there and everywhere yeah. so that has yeah. been you know they those things don't have to define me it doesn't have to define who I was or who I am or who I intend to be so yeah. that's been just the three positive things that I've taken away um as far as, you know, what I hope my friends have taken away, I have a, I have a girlfriend and she's, when I told her, I said, so I think I'm doing a podcast. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, okay, wait, tell me all about it. And so I told her about it. And she said, um, she said, you know, and she said, you know, you and I talked 
a while back about you making a difference in this world. And I was like, yeah. She said, how do you know that some family isn't going to listen to that and mm-hmm. grab on to what you say and is going to be inspired to just there make it go. one more day? There you yeah. go. And I was like, see, this is what I want. She said, no. She said, but this is the same thing you would have told me. She said, I'm just repeating your words back to you. And I'm thinking, okay, hold on. How do you get a friend so smart? And she, <laughs> she was like, no, really, those are the words you would have told me. So I'm just telling you what you've always taught me so I think you know my friends have seen that I persevere Mm -hmm. even in the hardest of situations because I mean I could lay down and die but I need somebody else to go further than what I went and so I don't have time to lay down and die so that's been that's been my those are my positive takeaways absolutely that is great that's amazing oh my goodness and it's definitely like you know i'll tell you right now your story is definitely going to inspire people um, encourage people and and that's that's the whole reason for this podcast you know that's the reason why we he kind of came yeah that's why you know god had put it on my heart because you know the things that we've gone through with our daughter judea and, yes. you know, I was in the hospital with her, you know, dealing with her constipation problems and just, yes. you know, seeing the look on her face, you know, her pain, it gave me pain. And yes. just seeing that, you know, I was frustrated. I had pain. I was, it was so many different emotions. And, you know, God in that moment had told me, like, you need to recycle that pain. Like, right. how yes. can you use this pain for I good? Like that. I like and that's that, where the that idea, like that. the idea of the podcast came like, okay, let's, let's talk about this stuff. Right. Let's share these stories let's and families an outlet because yes. people yes. only get bits and pieces of the journey. Yes. They don't see yes. the whole, they don't get the depths of Absolutely. things that happen. So Absolutely. that's why where we really thought this would be a great idea to just connect and it gives us a sense of support. Like we're connecting yes. with someone who lives in Tennessee right yes. now, you know, yes. and these will, these will be uh, friendships that we make and people we connect with that we can use as a support as well. So I'm Absolutely. just excited what God is doing. Um, it's I am a, too. It's exciting. It's exciting. I too. My, um, like I said, my, my girlfriend who I was talking to, she, I, I've been on a prayer and fasting journey mm-hmm. for the last 20, or, oh, I'm on day 10. It's a 21 day journey where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, God, draw me into the next thing. I want you to be at the forefront of the next thing. And so when I was talking to her about it, I was like, well, I said, well, I kind of said yes without talking to God. And she said, no, actually you, you did talk to God. And I'm like, well, when? She said, remember when you said you were starting this fasting journey? She said, you wanted to be able to say yes yes to whatever opportunities came as Mm. long as they were going to honor him and I was like Mm. yeah she said okay here you go here's your (laughs) opportunity and I'm like you're not (laughs) but yeah no it's true I mean like I I totally I totally relate to the recycle your pain because Mm. that has been I mean that is our journey we went through um we we've gone through numerous things over you know the last 11 years just 11 years and it has been amazing to see God you know he you know his his word says that he captures every tear but he'll give Mm -hmm. you beauty for your ashes and I you know I'm thinking I'm like I'm walking in that beauty in this moment even though you know this moment sucks because don't get me wrong I would love to see My kids be, you know, neurotypical. I would love it if they were. But the beautiful thing is I'm still walking in the beauty of a moment that I never thought I'd be at. I'm walking in 
what I had only thought would be a dream 11 years ago. Right. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful. So. Yes. Well, you have said some very inspiring things, but I still want to ask, yes, you know, as we kind of close up here and get to the end of it, what would, there's going to be tons of families out there that are experiencing the special needs world, the disabled world, whatever you want to put the label as, yes. but what would be something encouraging, positive advice, encouragement you could give to families um, and their journey? What would be something you would offer to them? So I will say, I will say two things. One, get 1% better. Um, there was a story of a uh, Down syndrome young man, and he wanted to write, he wanted to, he wanted to run in a race. And he, you know, he, he, his parents had told him one that they weren't, he was never going to be able to live to, to walk, to run, to do any of those things because he had severe Down syndrome, mm-hmm. but two, that he was never going to be able to make it on his own. And this young man ran in a race. And his one thing that he, that his dad kept saying to him is, I don't want you to get 100% better, just get 1% better. And that has been the thing that has stuck with me all these years. Get, it's not charge, get 1% better. Get 1% better than you were yesterday. So if that means yesterday you laid on the floor and you cried because the world sucks, and trust me, it does, get 1% better. Maybe instead of laying on the floor, now we're sitting up. We can still be crying, but we're sitting up, you know, and then we move from sitting up to now we're standing up. Now we're, you know, now from standing up, now we're meeting other people who are walking this journey with us. So Mm -hmm. get 1% better. That has been the one thing. And the second thing that has really, that, that I would encourage anyone who is walking this road, who this road is long, this road is hard, Mm -hmm. this road is difficult. Sometimes there's embarrassing moments. Sometimes there's angry moments. Sometimes there's happy moments. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's sad moments. But in each of those moments, find one good thing. You know, my son yesterday had, my son um, had, we just discovered that my son has a medical condition in which he pulls his hair out. As it grows, he pulls it out. We didn't know about it. And I was like, okay, we're going to go get your hair done. We're going to go get it cut because it needs to be cut because you need to have a low haircut. Right. And um, he was like, mommy, I'm so sorry that I'm like this. And I said, no, sir, I'm sorry that I didn't know. Mm. And he was like, well, it's not your fault. I should do better. And I said, no, it's not your fault. And it's not mom's fault. How about this? You're the most handsome boy that I see right now. Right. And that's the only thing we're going to focus on. And his, his barber looked at me and he said, I don't get most moms who say that to their kids. And I'm like, look, this is a new condition we just learned about because, you know, he had a couple of bald spots that needed to be touched up. I said, but here's the beautiful thing. That boy is alive. And if nothing else, and I'm trying not to cry, but that boy's alive. You know, if it's, he's that he's pulling his hair out. If that's the worst thing I deal with today, Mm. then that's just one thing I deal with but the good thing is I get to see his beautiful face and he looks so handsome with his haircut and he was just smiling he's like I do look good and I'm like (laughs) you do look good so that that just 
look for the look for one good thing no right. matter what it is even if we're laying on the floor because oh my god life is unfair because again it is there's mm-hmm. one good thing it could be that I was able to take a breath and get all these tears out right mm-hmm. those those are those are the two things I live my life by get one percent better than yesterday and look for the one good thing and even if that one good thing is hard if you can't find that one good thing, then call somebody who can tell you what that good oh, one good I thing love is. That. Yes. You know, because not all the time do we see, we don't see the forest through the trees. So yeah. that's when we need to find a neighbor who can help us point out at least one good tree. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's there that that's that is how I have chosen for this part of my life to go. Is it great? No. Is it perfect? No, will will it always be this way? No, but in these moments, I will look for the one good thing, yes. and that that's where I'm at. That is great. That's wow. amazing. One good Thank thing. You. Yes, yeah. one one good thing, and it may be even the it may even be the fact that the sun shined today, right. or that it rained all day. It does not have to be <laughs> pertaining to your life. Like today, the one good thing is that we have air conditioning because it's hot outside. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That not good <laughs> we have air conditioning, so yeah. you know that that's the that's the one good thing. That's and, a good and perspective. Yeah, I good. I I choose to live that way because it's easier than dealing with the anger and the hate. It's right. easier to have to carry around that anger it's easier than to carry around the anger and the hate and the ugliness right. if I choose to just focus on one good thing man so that's it Woo! I hope y'all heard that because that was good that was good oh wow oh my wow. gosh we appreciate you yeah, definitely not and a just problem taking the time to do this I'm so excited for everybody to hear this podcast <laughs> episode it's gonna thank be great you. it's gonna be great just say thank you so much for your time no thank you. I, I've enjoyed it I've absolutely enjoyed it and if you ever need me to come back I'm more than willing to come back oh I like that I like that you never know we might be doing little episodes here and there we're gonna need your words of wisdom you contact me anytime thank you so much thank you it was so nice meeting you we're gonna stop wow man (sighs) I don't know what words do you have for that I don't man that's that was awesome. Yeah. It's, so many emotions right now. Yeah. So so many takeaways. I mean, it's too many. The whole interview is my favorite part. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about your takeaway. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. What was it? So one of mine um, that really grabbed me was and you guys could probably tell in the interview, but when she talked about, you know, her son and how the doctor sold her, you know, prepare for your son to die, go home and prepare for him to die. And she said no Mm. to these professionals, to these doctors who went to school, got their degrees, know all the different, you know, science, medical science and everything. And from what they saw, it looked like, Hey, your son's just going to die. But for her to have that courage for her to stand on her faith and say, no, Mm man that that was huge to me um and it just goes to show like whatever challenges you're facing like again we talked about it in the interview but faith is a a, is a huge important yeah it's a huge proponent of 
you know, getting through the, your trying times because, again, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be fear. There's going to be different things that come up against you that is going to say one thing. But you, will you have the courage to stand on the, your faith to what you know and say, no, I don't care right. fear what you have to say. I don't care disappointment what you have to say. But this is what I believe like yeah. that, man. Yeah, that was that was so powerful. Gave me goosebumps. I think mine personally, I had a lot, but the number one thing, and I've been really thinking about it since the interview, was when she was talking about giving everybody some encouraging advice. And one of the things she said was find that one good thing in your day, mm -hmm. no matter what the day is like. So no matter if the day is the worst day you've ever had and everything in life is going wrong, just find that one good thing. And it is as simple as maybe I woke up and I'm breathing today or I can walk today or I get a meal today. So I've just really been trying to make sure that I practice that because sometimes I forget about that. You know, it's really hard in those moments of chaos and turmoil and just going through the mess of life that you forget, there is always something, always something good to look for in your day. So I think that really stuck out to me, even though it's very obviously simple and we may have heard it before, but it was just just uh, meeting her and seeing her energy and her, her demeanor, her yeah. smile, you guys, you couldn't see it, but it was beautiful. She has Man. this beautiful, joyful smile and I'm like you know the things that she talked about in her podcast you can tell that she puts that into action yes no she's not perfect and neither are we but the fact that she practices what she's preaching you can just see it you guys oh, yeah, definitely she just was a beautiful person I was so excited to meet her oh man so excited it was an honor truly a blessing yeah I would definitely agree that one thing that one thing definitely has power and it can help you get through your day. So yeah, help you get through life man. day by day, day by day. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. I was so excited about it again. It was an honor to meet her. Um, definitely give us your feedback on what you thought. Send some positive comments her way um, whenever we post it. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you got something from it. Yeah. Let's, uh, before we go, um, just a few announcements. Make sure to like, share, um, tag your friends, yes. family members. Um, we definitely want to continue to get the message out yes. with this podcast and to, to share more stories with more people around the world, really. I yeah. mean, we really want. Doesn't matter your location. Yes. Doesn't matter if it's a child or not a child. Doesn't matter if you are the special person or your kids are the special person or whatever it may be. So there's no certain criteria. We just want everyone to know that. But, yes, definitely keep helping us spread the word. That's how we're going to continue to grow. And I really believe this is going to help impact a lot of lives. Yes. And we may have some merch coming yeah. soon. So um, be on the lookout we for that. We got the tease, tease, tease. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. <laughs> so, but other than that, I mean – we just pray you guys have a great week. Um, I really don't have no final thoughts to give. I mean, I think we, <laughs> <laughs> I think we already gave them, um, gave you some final thoughts to help you get through the rest of your week. So, catch you later. See you next week.